Welcome to the Man City podcast, the first of the new season. I'm your host, Rob Pollard, and it's a special episode today because we're celebrating the arrival of Jack Grealish. The England midfielder put pen to paper on a six-year deal on Thursday, and the excitement across the City fan base has been palpable ever since. The 25-year-old joins, having made 213 appearances over the course of eight seasons with Aston Villa, scoring 32 goals and assisting 43. In a whirlwind first day at the club, Jack and I sat down to discuss the move, and here is that interview in full. Jack, congratulations on signing for City. We're all delighted that you're here. How are you feeling now that everything's sorted and done and dusted? No, I'm over the moon. Um, you know, to come and to come and play for a club like Man City is um, is obviously massive. You know, for, for me personally, um, it was obviously a difficult a difficult few months because you know I think I've obviously been a Aston Villa fan my whole life, um, but. Um, you know, when I spoke to to the manager here, um, and you see, you know, what type of players that they've got here. Um, in the end, you know, it was something that uh, that I couldn't say no to, um, and yeah, I'm absolutely delighted to be here. So you're leaving Villa after 19 years. It's a very long time. So how important is it for you to be joining a club where you've got some familiar faces from the England setup? Yeah, yeah, that helps massively. Um, you know, we we speak anyway when we're when we're away at England about our our own clubs and stuff. And um, you know, uh, the likes of Stones, Raz, Phil, uh, and Walks, you know, had nothing but good words to say. You know, whenever whenever it's been mentioned. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, I'll I'll get to know everyone. Um, I've obviously played against City a lot. Uh, I've never really been successful. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a few pumpings by them, um, so you know it'd be nice to, nice to be to be playing with them uh, rather than against them. City, the most successful club in England over the last ten years. Um, I think we've won ten trophies in the last four seasons alone. For you, is is that the main reason to come here to have that opportunity to win, uh, not just the odd trophy, but you know, win the win the biggest prizes in the game? Yeah, of course, that's that's the main reason. Um, there's obviously a lot of reasons, you know, why why um, I decided to come here. Uh, obviously, you know, the manager um, been a massive factor in that. Um, you know, playing for playing under the best manager in the world was was something that I couldn't really turn down. Um, obviously, the players that you've got here, um, you know, I think everyone knows how much I, I admire um, Kevin, and you know, it's going to be a, a dream come true to to play alongside him. Um, but yeah, you know, competing for for trophies, for for major trophies, um, is something that that I wanted to do. And um, like I said, you know, it was something that, in the end, I could I couldn't turn down. Um, and and let's hope, you know, it's a, a it's a successful one. You mentioned the manager there. I think a lot of people feel that your style of play will will fit quite nicely into the way that Pep sets the team up. Is, was that another consideration of yours? You know, you, you want to play for a team that's kind of suited to your game? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, when when I come here this morning, um, I had a long chat with him, you know, about about positions and, and stuff like that, um, all football. Uh, and, you know, it was such a such a positive chat and it just, you know, it just shows why why I want to play uh, under him. Um, I've heard nothing but but good good words about him um, from from the lads at England, 
um, and I just can't wait to get started. Really, um, like I said, you know, there was there was quite a few factors of why I wanted to come. Uh, like we just mentioned, you know, competing for for trophies, um, playing in the Champions League was was a massive a massive thing for me. Um, I haven't haven't done that yet. Um, and that's what, you know, when I was sitting there on a Tuesday, Wednesday night uh, last year, it was just what I wanted to do. And, and to be able to do it um, with this club is, is going to be a dream. We tend to play 4-3-3 formation here. Now, you could probably play in the, in the, in the middle of that, uh, in, the, in central midfield three positions or somewhere along the front line. Where do you see yourself and what do you think your best position is? Um, it's a difficult one, you know. Um, people always ask me this: what, what, what do I think my best position is? I prefer other people to answer it for me. Um, I just love being on the pitch, you know, just playing. Um, you know, I think the, the way the way this team's set up to play um, suits me down to a T. The way the manager likes to play suits me. Um, you know, I've spoke to the manager, like I said, already about positions and stuff. And, and personally, I think I could. Play, you know, as one of the eights. As a, if the manager ever plays a ten, either wing or even, you know, as a false nine, like you've seen Kevin or Phil, Phil do last season. Raz has done it as well. So um, I feel like I'm playing a lot of positions. And um, one thing that I can say is, you know, when when I, when I do get on the pitch, and you know, I'll be giving it more where, wherever I'm playing. You've got a very distinctive style. For those who, who don't know, some of the City fans who might not know this, just explain why you wear children's shin pads and why your socks are a little bit lower than perhaps the average sock would be. Do you know what? There's like a few stories, um, a few different ones somewhere, I think. Who, who said that? Because I ain't. Um, so what it was, I'm not actually a superstitious person, but when I was about 15 or 16, I think I was 15, I was... I was um, playing for the under-18s and, and that year we were sponsored by Macron, I think it was, and uh, the socks just kept shrinking and um, you, know, you weren't really a first team player so you couldn't really go in and be like, give me a new pair of socks every, every day. Uh, so I just kept wearing them and then they wouldn't come over my calves within about two two months into the season and, and that season I probably had my season where you know I, I took off and, and started kicking on. Um, so I started wearing them in games and stuff and then it was just one of them where I just thought, you know what, I'm going to keep this. Uh, so I kept it and, you know, it's just, I don't know, I'm not, I can't say it's worked ever since, but, you know, it's, I think it's my style now and, and it's something that, that I do and I'm going to keep. You made your Villa debut at the Etihad. You came on for the last couple of minutes of a game where Yaya Toure scored. Um, oh, my man. Yeah. I could not catch him. <laughs> It's probably the most Yaya Toure goal I think he ever scored. Um, but what are your memories of that night and, and playing against City here and, and making your debut? No, it was unbelievable. Um, I remember on the Saturday I was actually playing for Notts County on the last game of the season and went back to Villa on the Monday to train and, and got told that I was going to be in the squad. Um, I never really thought that I was going to come on. Um, and, you know, when I, when I did get the call to come on, you know, I was absolutely, absolutely over the moon. Um, it was obviously a brilliant night, something that I'll remember forever. Um, but yeah, I'll also remember obviously just seeing uh, the back of Yaya Torre and just not being able to catch him. Um, he was absolutely unplayable that night. Um, and I actually wrote something about it on Twitter not long ago and he replied to it. Um, so yeah, that was nice.
Yeah, that was his, his best season he ever had for, for City, that's for sure. You mentioned before you've mentioned, uh, you've played against City many times. Just try and give us an opponent's perspective then. So what, what do we do well and, and what do we, you know, why do we make it hard for the opposition? What is it about us? I'm not even just saying this, you just, everything, everything. Um, I remember after the, after the game in, was it April? I think it was, I was injured at the time. And I actually said to, it was funny because we walked down to, I walked down to the tunnel after to go and see the lads and um, the manager here, Pep was speaking to the manager at Villa, Dean Smith, and I just went and spoke with him. And I, me and Dean Smith both said to Pep, we said that was the best performance I've, I've actually ever seen at Villa Park. And even though it was only 2-1, it was just frightening. I think uh, Stones, he got sent off, you know, and you were down to 10 for, for a while. And um, the way, you know, they just dominated, dominated the game, moved the ball. It was just, yeah, it was frightening. Um, and obviously there's so much I could, I could go on all day, you know, about, about how, good, um, how good City are as a team. Uh, and that's one of the main factors as well, why I wanted to come here, you know, because it just... It just drags you in and it's something that you want to be a part of and um, that's that's one of the main reasons why, why I came here. Micah Richards is a really important Manchester City figure, both as a past player and as a person now. And Obviously, you were teammates of Villa. He's a very, very big fan of yours. He kind of tries to promote you at every turn. Um, have you spoken to him since you made the decision? And if so, what, what, what did he say to you? Do you know what? I actually haven't. Um, I'm surprised, actually, because uh, I, I get on well with him and Julian uh, Lescott, who obviously had a success. Well, both of them had a successful time here. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't spoke to, to either of them. Uh, I don't know if they didn't want to act like, you know, they were trying to get information or something. Um, but yeah, I do, to be honest, I don't really... Mika would obviously have nothing but good words to say about the club, but I don't... I know that I know what the club's like. You know, I've been here now um, for for you know 24 hours, and and the whole club has been unbelievable. You know, for for me and my family, um, you can tell it's it just feels like you know like a family club. Uh, just even when I'm at the training ground, when I'm here, um, it seems like a proper a proper football club that's going in the right direction, challenging for for titles, for for you know the Champions League and stuff like that. And that's what. I've come here to be a part of, um, and I can't actually say anything but, but good words. You obviously play with Phil Foden at England level. Um, we obviously love Phil. We rate him incredibly highly. But as somebody who's trained with him, played with him, played against him, just give us an insight into how good you think he is and how excited you are to play with him regularly now. Yeah, no, he's unbelievable. I don't think... Um, I don't think anyone needs to be told that. I think anyone, everyone knows you know, how good he actually is. He's, He's got the best first touch I've ever seen, ever. Um, you know, whether the ball's coming out of the sky, whether it's been wrapped into him, he's just so smooth. You know, the way he, the way he dribbles with the ball, uh, he's actually much quicker than people give him credit for. Um, and yeah, you know, when we're away with England, I get on so well with him. He, he you know, he makes me laugh. Uh, he's like a little brother. Um, but yeah, no, we got on so well uh, at England and. Um, you know, it's one of them. I just can't wait to to play with him. You know, like he says, regular week in, week out. Because I feel like sometimes, you know, when you have a connection with someone off the pitch, um, you can transfer that onto the pitch as well. And uh, that's what me and Phil, you know, used to do in training when we was at 
when we was at England, you know, we'd look for each other, we'd play one-twos and stuff, and um, I can't wait to be to be doing that with him here. Brilliant. Jack, congratulations once again. We're all absolutely delighted and we wish you the best for your time here. No, thank you. That was Jack Grealish there discussing his transfer to Manchester City. It was a real pleasure to meet him yesterday and a privilege to have the opportunity to ask him his first questions as a City player. I can honestly say that was probably the most enjoyable new signing interview I've been a part of because he's got such a likeable personality and I feel he really kind of injected himself into the interview, which was great. I loved the stuff about him not being able to catch Yaya Toure um, when he made his debut at the Etihad and he clearly has a fantastic relationship with Phil Foden, so I'm looking forward to seeing those two play together. The outpouring of love that Jack has received on social media since the news broke has been nothing like I've seen before. He's clearly a very, very popular player within the game. To get a little bit more insight into Jack's first day and to see how a club media team works to get everything ready to reveal a new signing, I spoke to City producer John Decoe. John is inside the first team bubble and has been for the last six months. He took the lead on Thursday in terms of filming Jack's arrival, filming his medical, his contract signing, all that kind of stuff. So I just asked him what that experience was like. So, yeah, it's a, a really interesting role for us because we get very little notice um, about the player's arrival. Um, and then when we do get notice, we have to make sure that we're there to try and capture as much as we can to show the players excitement the players nerves the players stress you know these guys are human beings and and you know it's a big move for jack that he's you know never had a transfer never even had a medical in the past so um so our job as producers are really to try and capture those intimate moments and that takes a lot of planning um a lot of assistance from all the different departments here at city and so in the case of, of Jack arriving on the evening before, um, quite late, and then I knew that he was going to be arriving for his medical the following morning um, at the MIP hospital um, attached here to the City Football Academy. So we were there waiting for him nice and early. So you obviously um, were, were with Jack for most of the day um, on, the, on the day that he signed, that he officially signed. Tell us what you saw, because you saw, I know you saw his medical. What, um, what did that entail, without going into too much detail? But, uh, and what, what else did you kind of see him do during the day? Well, as, as you can imagine, with a player that of, of such high value and, and such a, a big transfer, um, there are a lot of medical tests that, that, do, uh, that do happen. And um, we were allowed to capture um, a lot of that, which is fantastic, um, just to show... You know, that it's not a case that the player just comes and just gets a quick scan. You know, Jack was on the treadmill. He was having things, you know, put put on him to test him. And, uh, you know, it was actually quite a, quite a workout for him. We had a bit of a bit of a joke at the time, actually, about that, that he had uh, all the signing to look forward to later in the day. But essentially, he was doing a training session during that medical. So it was um, it was fascinating for me just as a football fan. Um, not a, not a producer to just to just be watching, you know what that entailed, and and to bring to the fans um, that process. I think it's something that's really important to fans because you don't you don't usually see a lot of that stuff. So how do you measure how well you've done on a day like yesterday? I mean, obviously the the final content is important, but from your role as being that kind of embedded 
person with a camera trying to capture the really intimate moments? How did what, what do you look back on and think, well, I did this well or I did this well? You know, how do you measure yourself? Yeah, you know, I try and find that when you're when you're a producer cameraman sort of hybrid in that moment, we're, you know, I'm, I'm tested in the bubble, so um, I'm able to be in those situations in the first place. But but actually, what I try and do is just sort of zone out and think, you know, if I'm a fan here just filming this, I don't want to be constantly talking to these people. I just want to be taken in what is going on. Um, but at the same time, with the with somebody like Jack, with such a personality that he's got, it was very clear that not just to me, but all the staff at the, at the hospital conducting the medical, that he was chatting away, talking about Love Island, you know, and, and was just in really great spirits. And that then get, almost gave me the confidence to be able to just, you know, say a, little, a few little asides on camera knowing that he was comfortable in my in my presence and um, was able to really like showcase his personality during that first day again at a time where i said before where you know it's only natural he must have been hugely nervous at, at this point but i think it just shows what what sort of character he is that um that you you'd never know that so when you look back at the content without you know wanting to mark our own homework too much you know when you think of the tight turnaround time that, that the team had etc what did you think of of what was produced and how would you compare it maybe to other you know similar transfers that City have done in recent seasons yeah so I think you know I think we've got a, a fantastically talented media and content team here at City and I think it, it showed yesterday in the time scale that we had to turn everything around on a day where there's bound to be lots of differing um, timescales and various different um, stresses throughout the day, um, we're able to absolutely, you know, just kick into gear and do what what we know we're good at. So um, not just, you know, those and, and myself who was with Jack getting the behind the scenes type stuff. We had another team at the um, at the stadium capturing some absolutely lovely looking dressing room scenes with projections and the new kit with his number 10 which again, when he walked into that, he was just, you know, wowed by it, found out he was number 10 for the first time. Everything just sort of clicked into gear. Um, we then only had a couple of hours, maybe less than that, actually, to, to turn around his um, sort of hero video, as you like, which, um, you know, that is just a very important thing that we know these deadlines are tight and we want to make sure that any creative idea we have um, if, if it involves hours and hours of editing then it's not the right idea for a day like this so there's so many different things to, to think about um, we had little social teasers on Twitter we had um, social clips accompanying the hero video we had a behind the scenes inside city the following day we had his master interview as well so I think overall we were delighted how we were able to turn things around in the timescale we had, but also had such different types of rich content for the different platforms that, that it goes on. And for the whole team here, I think that was just um, really well done. You mentioned the number 10 thing there. That was the first time I think we've done that, certainly that I can remember. Usually the player finds out the number uh, in private or in conversations with Cheeky or however that's done. Just take me through how that came about, that we were going to wait and actually reveal it to him with a shirt in the dressing room and, and capture his, his reaction because I think it was one of the, the highlights of, of the day and, and it was really enjoyable. So how did that 
come about? It, to be honest, I'm not totally sure how it came about because I wasn't right in that in that scene, as it were, at the dressing room. But um, I, I don't know whether we knew actually that he didn't know. But I think the the scene that we created in that dressing room um, gave Jack that feeling, that wow factor, I suppose, and probably then led to him seeing that number. And uh, you know, we probably thought, well, he he might know the number anyway, but he'll react brilliantly to seeing it for the first time in the dressing room. The fact that he still actually didn't know the number until that point, I think just like amplified it even more. Um, and it goes from a content maker's perspective, it, it, it goes back to that sort of, you know, natural versus um, scripted in terms of with these guys, what we try and do is we try and capture the actuality of what what happens, but in a creative way. And Jack seeing his number for the first time was was a, a perfect example of that, where we didn't have to direct him to do anything. We would, we just let that scene play out, but we were in a situation where we could capture it really nicely. I think his character and personality has made us all really excited about all the content we can capture with him while he's here. Just one other final question for me. COVID um, has obviously brought restrictions in kind of every walk of life just explain to me from purely from uh, a day like yesterday an activation like that a new signing what are the complications what are the considerations what are the difficulties that you face um given the the global health pandemic yeah so so we definitely have difficulties that you wouldn't normally face as a as a content team we have so there was myself and another um another team member alex who are in the tested uh, Premier League bubble, we are able to be around the players, be around the medical, but obviously we have such a huge team behind the scenes working on everything else that um, needed to be tested on the day, they needed to be shown to have a negative test on the day, go through all of the club um, COVID protocol, um, looking at social distancing whilst filming, and again, all of these things we had to you know, really ensure that we had the right ideas to be able to to execute it properly um, and just allow us to sort of um, capture the moment. And, and it, it goes as well with the going back to the shirt number and, and that moment. I think sometimes like that, when you don't have as many people in the room as you might want to have in a, in a non-COVID world, you can actually get richer content as a result because it all feels a lot more close-knit. It all feels a lot um, friendlier sometimes on set. Um, so in that case, it, it really worked in our favour. Um, the producers that were you know, setting everything up for hours and working nights to get it already probably wouldn't um, have the same view in the days before. I'm sure they'd have wanted um, some extra hands. But we're having to deal with the cards we've been dealt with COVID and actually it's allowed us to be a lot, a lot more nimble, a lot more creative and being able to sort of work with the constraints that that gives us. The tiring days, John, but they're some of the, the best days that we have in the job, aren't they? So thank you for giving us some insight into that. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Man City Podcast. Thank you for joining us and make sure that you like and subscribe wherever it is you do your podcast listening. This weekend we have full coverage of the Community Shield game at Wembley across mancity.com and the official Man City app. We'll have live text updates throughout the day and our live show is very much back. In the evening we'll bring you highlights of the game and City Plus subscribers can watch a full 90 minute replay. My advice as always 
is to download the official Man City app. It's the best place to get all the latest news and video. Until next time, take care and look after one another. Thank you.